this week we'll turn to maybe one of my favorite passages of Scripture. You're very familiar with this passage of Scripture if you spent time in the Word of God and we look at the sufficiency of Scripture to live out our faith in Christ Jesus. Matthew 4.4, Jesus is being tempted in the wilderness and he says to Satan, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you this, the Bible is the very word of God. It is God breathed and useful for us. So let's read the passage of Scripture this morning. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. If you'll stand up, we'll read in honor of God's Word. 2 Timothy 3 verse 14. As we look at this beautiful passage of Scripture talking about the Scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 14, page 996 in the Bible in front of you. Reading from the ESV version, it is this. But as for you, talking to young Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. The word of the Lord, you may be seated. Let's pray as we get started on this passage this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is truth. And Father, we thank you whether we have been raised on it from childhood or whether we have just been introduced to it this morning. We pray that it will transform our lives. Father, we pray that we would understand this as not just a good book with a lot of good suggestions, but as the very word of God that brings life to our souls. Father, we ask that this morning that you would challenge us, that you would convict us, that you would encourage us, and help us to understand how valuable it is to have the Word of God in our hearts and our minds. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. For the Word of of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit and of joints and marrow and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. I heard somebody this week talk about the Word of God fillets us open and leaves us bare so that God can penetrate our hearts and shine light where there is darkness. The Word of God is living because the Holy Spirit moves 
through the proclamation of the word of God penetrates the deepest and the darkest places of our soul to speak the truth. Guess what? We as human beings are designed to desire to hear from our creator, our sustainer, our deliverer, and he speaks his story through the very word of God. Isaiah 55:10 says this, for as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return, there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God has a specific purpose for his word, and we'll look at that in a minute. And guess what? It accomplished his purposes. The word of God, which is planted in the very hearts of man, brings life to one's souls. The very inspired word that which God has given reveals himself. It reveals his character, his nature, and how he relates to his people. It brings the good news, the gospel of the, God's redemptive salvation, the revelation of Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. This is why when we preach at Northwest Baptist Church, we preach from the Word of God. It's not good things to think about that the pastor thinks. It is the very Word of God, exegetical teaching of the very Word of God. You know, some, somehow, some churches and some pastors neglect the preaching of the Word of God. They somehow think that other thoughts are more important. Jim Shaddix actually gives an illustration of how some pastors use the Word of God, and he uses the swimming pool as an example. He said some pastors use the Word of God as a diving board in which they start out with it. So the Word of God is like a diving board, and they jump off the diving board never to return to it swimming in their own thoughts and opinions. Some pastors treat the Word of God as if it's like the patio furniture on the side of the pool. They nod to it every once in a while, but it's really off in the distant future and not really used much in the sermons. But we treat the Word of God as if it is the pool in which during the sermon we jump into the water and swim in it and all over it and it saturates our whole being. Every time, every week, my desire is to take our congregation for a swim in the the word of God. Amy Carmichael, who worked 50 years in India as a missionary, states this, the amazing thing that everyone who reads the Bible 
has the same joyful thing to say about it. In every land, every language, it is the same tale. Where the book is read, not with eyes only, but with the mind and the heart, the life is changed. Sorrowful people are comforted. Sinful people are transformed. People who are in dark walk in the light. It is not, is it not wonderful to think that this book with which is such a mighty power, if it get a chance to work in an honest heart, is in our hands today. That's, that's one thing to think about, isn't it? Are we grateful that God has given us his word? Let me ask you this question. When you open up the word of God, your quiet time, or you opened it up to this morning, do you expect to hear from God? Is your expectation that God is going to speak to me through his word? Or is it something that you just do, like washing the car, walking the dog, going out to eat, reading a good book, just read the Bible? My purpose in preaching this sermon this morning is for you to understand that the Word of God is sufficient for knowing Christ unto salvation. It is sufficient for growing toward maturity in Christ, and it is sufficient for going to reach a lost world for Christ. Verse 14, let's begin there, Paul talks about, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. It's Paul's reminder to Timothy to continue in the faith, to stop. Some people want to stop at some point their growth process after they have received salvation I have received salvation. Christ has covered my sin. I am good. No, continue in the faith is what Paul is telling young Timothy. I've gone through some hard times in my life. Losing loved ones. It doesn't look good for me. Continue in the faith. The, the encouragement here, Paul is saying, remember your salvation, young Timothy. Remember who taught you. The first chapter, he tells us his mother and his grandmother were the ones that taught young Timothy the word of God from his youth, from a child. How important is it, parents, to teach your children from their youth? the sacred writings which make one wise unto salvation. Look at verse 15. And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. This is our first point this morning. The Word of God leads God's people to know Christ unto salvation. The Word of God helps us to know this salvation is through faith upon Christ. The sacred writings, the Scripture, the very Word of God. And 
Most likely, this is talking about the Old Testament. It's interesting here that the Old Testament is leading us to Christ. The Old Testament is leading us to faith upon Jesus. That's what the law was meant to do, is show us our sin, Christ, and our need for Jesus to save us. The gospel is in the Old Testament. I, I love to preach the Old Testament. Haven't gotten there yet, but we will. And it's exciting because it leads us to Christ, even in the Old Testament, the very nature of God and what he's doing with his people. How can someone come to know God? How can someone know how to be saved? through the very word of God and his story. I, I, I want to challenge you this morning. If you haven't read the scripture from front to back, to read it. And not just read it like a storybook or, or a novel, but read it for what it is, the very word of God, expecting God to speak to you. Every time we sit down, God wants us to teach us something. We've talked about the opportunity for Timothy to learn the Bible from a very young age. I had that opportunity, praise God, because of my father coming to Christ when I was a young boy. Some of you in this, in this room say, I didn't have that opportunity I didn't have the opportunity to learn about Jesus when I was a young child. Teach it to your children and teach it to your grandchildren if you didn't have the opportunity. If you're two or you're 82, pick up the Bible and hear directly from what God wants to say to you according to his word. Verse 15 says, it will make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Let's make sure we understand this correctly. Knowledge of the word of God does not save you. It does not. It is the word of God that convicts us of our sin, shows us that we are fall short of a holy and righteous God, and it shows us our need for Christ. Our need that Jesus brings about salvation through faith in him. That means that somebody can know everything there is to know about the Bible. They have all the head knowledge in the world and not be saved. And yet the Bible is a lighthouse to lead us to finding God. You know, there, there are some who, who do not have the Bible in their own language. There are some who do not even, have not even read it, even if they have it in their own language. They don't understand who God is. They haven't seen his creation and the power and his redemption through Christ. They don't understand why Jesus had to come and die on the cross. And who will tell them? Will someone hand them a Bible? Will someone point them to the very word of God that brings life to their soul? David Platt tells a story about a missionary 
who is sharing the gospel with a man on the street in a foreign country. And, and I don't know if, if you've ever thought about this, but missionaries do wild things. I, I was a missionary in Thailand. Me and my wife were in Thailand for two years. And we would do a lot of different things to try to point people to Jesus, right? And uh, he tells, David Platt tells the story about a missionary going onto the street, talking to a man with the Bible in his hand, and he's telling him the good news about Jesus, but the guy was more interested in the book that he was holding than he was the words that were coming out of his mouth. And he says, what's that book? The missionary says, oh, it's the Bible. And the guy says, that looks like good paper. That I could smoke some cigarettes with. The missionary kind of caught off guard, but I guess the Holy Spirit spoke to him, or I guess he was just on a whim, or he, I don't know what he was doing, but he said, I'll tell you what, this is the greatest book, and it gives life to your soul, so let me tell you this, I'll let you have this, you can do whatever you want with it, as long as you read the pages in the book. The man thought to himself, well, I'm going to read the pages, but I'm going to smoke them. It's good paper. So he takes the Bible from the man. The man goes away, and he comes back the, the next couple of weeks later, and he sees the man. He goes up to him. And he says, are you keeping your end of the bargain? You said you'd read the pages. The man says, I read and smoked my way through Matthew. Then I smoked my way through Mark and Luke. I smoked my way from the first three chapters of John, and I got to verse 16, and it all made sense. I realized that God loved me so much that he would be willing to die on the cross for me. I realized that Christ was what I needed for my sin. So I ask him to forgive me and make him my Lord. The guy was, uh, the missionary was a little shocked and he, he really didn't know what to say. And to develop this relationship with the guy, guess what? That's not the end of the story. This guy is now becoming a pastor a foreign country. Now, I'm not advocating using this technique when evangelizing your neighbors. So let me be clear on that. But very simply, when you read the Word of God, it changes your heart and your mind. The Word of God gives us what we need to know about God and His great salvation through Christ Jesus. Look at verse 16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. This is point number two this morning. The word of God leads God's people to grow to maturity in Christ. It's leading people to grow in maturity in Christ. It reproves us. It rebukes us. It corrects us. It trains us in righteousness. It's profitable for us. 
It teaches us. And guess what? It's not just some of the words, but every single word is breathed out by God. All Scripture is breathed out by God. And the, the wording in the Greek is, is a beautiful word. It's theonoustos. God breathed. Simply meaning the Scriptures are inspired by God. The Holy Spirit divinely influenced the human authors of the Scriptures in such a way as they wrote the very Word of God. First Peter, 2 Peter 1.21 describes it perfectly. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. When you open your Bible, do you ask the Lord to speak to you? Do you ask him to convict you of sin, to shine light on the path that you should take? There's a new word I've heard from some young people, and the word, I like new words, urban words, whatever they are, I like them. And there's a new word I've heard from young people, and they talk about this, and, and maybe you haven't heard it, so I'm going to introduce it to you, but it's called hangry. It's, you're angry when you're hungry, okay? I, I think this is true of the, the word of God. We tend to get hangry when we haven't had the very words of life spoken into our soul. Remember, Jesus said, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Are you hangry this morning? Hopefully you won't be after this morning and digging into the word of God. But my prayer is, is that you don't become hangry during the week. My prayer is that you're into the very word of God. John 6, 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Spirit and life. What do we need to empower us to live? The Holy Spirit. What brings life? The very word of God. Spirit writing through men, the very word of God is what we need for our soul. It is sufficient for our life, for everything that we need. Paul tells us it is profitable for teaching or instruction. It's profitable for reproof or conviction. It's profitable for correction or improvement in our life growth. And it's profitable for training or discipline. This is growth. Sometimes we want so badly to be the best at something and to, to grow in an area, but we're not willing to put forth the work. It'd be like saying, I'm going to be a great teacher without lesson plans, or I'm going to be a great marathon runner without practicing, or I'm going to be a great baseball player by just showing up at the games. How can we say that we're going to live a life that's pleasing to God without reading the word? 
How are you going to be convicted of your own sin? How will your path be corrected? How are you going to train your mind to think God's way instead of your own way? The Word of God becomes our tutor for walking in the Spirit because living a blessed life is actually living according to the Word of God. You see how I did that? I redefined the blessed life. The blessed life is actually living according to the very word of God. So as a church, for us to grow, we need to be in it daily. Not just sometimes, but in it daily. Yearning to hear what God wants to speak to us today. The word of God has many, many treasures that are there for us to find. Not only so that we can know God, but grow through his word, bringing about godly living in our life. Verse 17. It's breathed out. It's useful that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. That, that is some statement there. This is... Point number three this morning, the word of God leads God's people to go into the world with Christ. The word of God leads God's people to go into the world with Christ. The man of God and the woman of God is ready to do the good works of God by understanding and applying the very word of God to their own life. I bet there's plenty of us in this room that say, I, am, I do not feel equipped for an area. Sharing the gospel, sharing the gospel cross-culturally, going to our neighbors, teaching the gospel. Maybe there's an area in which you do not feel equipped. Get in the word. Let the word equip us. Maybe you don't feel complete. Maybe you don't feel competent. Get in the Word. It is sufficient for us, for every good work, for us to be ready for every single good work. Not just some, but every one. I love Old Testament illustrations of, of the gospel, and there's an Old Testament illustration of Ezekiel. In chapter 37, the Lord sits down with Ezekiel and, and gives him a picture of what he wants to do in the hearts and minds of people. And it says there, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. The Lord picks him up and puts him in this place and he sees this valley full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. They were, they were old. They were, they were there. There was nothing, no life in them. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And he said the safe answer. He said, I, I answered, O oh Lord God, you know. Right? You know. I, I don't. You know. I'm not going to answer yes or no. You know, 
Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, the bones came together, bone to its bone, and I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe. On these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet. An exceedingly great army. You see, the picture is God raises up people who are dead in their transgressions and their sins. By the word of the Lord. He gives them life through the word of the Lord and breathing his spirit inside of them. He calls the bones to hear the word of the Lord. And guess what? The bones come together and God breathes life into the bones and they are a great army. What is that army useful to do? Fight for the king. Engage in the battle for the Lord. This is what God does in the life of his church when the word of God is preached. The Holy Spirit breathes life into it. It becomes a great army of people ready and willing to do the work of the Lord. The man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. How? The word of the Lord. <laughs> 